Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. M&N Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. M&N is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856-217-1750 or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is a senior executive, a private sector growth leader for one of the largest builders in the United States. She focused on commercial, life science, industrial, and manufacturing building. And I'm really excited to have her on. When I invited her to come on, she didn't hesitate, and I'm happy to have you. Jessica Slack, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's, it's an honor to be here. I was really flattered that you asked me to participate. Oh, it's been, a, it's like we said before the recording, it's been a minute since we, uh, we've we seen each other. It has. It has. <laughs> Again. Feel, and your father, <laughs> <laughs> your father, Rick Slack, is who hired me in 1996. And I remember for Elf Driscoll Company, and I remember you coming into the office you're a little younger than me, and and uh, oh seeing my you. God. And <laughs> <laughs> you remember the softball yeah. days, and I think you came a few times. Wow, you are really taking me back. I can't believe I remember that. Wow, yeah, we certainly go back, don't we? You actually see oh, if I point the right direction. You see, you see right here, right behind me. That is an LF Driscoll softball photo. Are you kidding? Yeah, when we went down to the vet. And we were, tr- oh it was a home God. run, the home run derby at the vet. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that was a lot Oh, of I love it. I love had a blast it. there. That's great. I had a blast there. How's your father doing, by the way? He is doing great. Excellent. We talk every weekend. He has been enjoying the retirement life for many years. He's done well. <laughs> so, yeah, doing we good. All, we all strive for retirement. <laughs> no kidding. Well, great. Well, before we get into where you're at today, Gilbane Building Company, which, as I mentioned, one of the largest, I think you guys are top 10 in the United States in terms of revenue. I think the latest, latest I saw. Going back to your college days, you went to Pittsburgh University, right? I sure did. 
Yeah, go Pitt Panthers. Yes. Pitt Panthers. Yes. I, I was always a fan of Pitt Panthers growing up. I'm from South Oh, yeah? yeah. Nice. Yeah, I almost went there. It was, it was close, but I, I chose to go south to, to Temple. So psych degree, what did you want to do after college with a psych degree? Honestly, the reason I chose psychology is because I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Full transparency. And I knew, I did know this, psychology was very applicable to many fields. I knew I wanted to be in business in some aspect. And and again, I thought psychology was, you know, so broadly based that I could really apply it wherever I ended up in business. And it's certainly been a benefit now in a sales role. Most definitely. Never in a million years did I end up, realize that I'd end up in the construction field as I have, but you know, life's ironic. Even with your father being in construction, it's not surprising. So yeah, you know, I remember well when I was a kid, summers working at Driscoll, but you know, a lot of that too at the time was nepotism. I didn't like my father, obviously real well known in the Philadelphia market at the time. So, you know, that was a piece of it. And yeah, I just didn't think construction was a field that would be such a fit for me, but I certainly have had a journey since then, and uh, every step along the way, I feel has brought me to where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. I'm, sh- I'm sure you'd like me to elaborate on that or provide some context. It's it's quite a journey and quite a story. Yeah, we're, and we're going to talk about each each stop along that journey. Yeah, uh, I mean, after college, you graduated with a psych degree, and you started with Northwestern Mutual Financial Network. Talk about how you took that path into the financial world. So actually, I have to thank Pitt. I had an internship. Honestly, it was more geared towards human resources at the time, but I made an impression on the folks that I was interning with, and out of the blue, I got this call from a newly appointed general manager, relocating from what was at the time the highest revenue generating office at Northwestern Mutual. He was relocating to Wayne, Pennsylvania and needed someone to help him build his team. So I assumed the role, Brian Early, he was an amazing man, assumed the role with him, essentially acting as his right-hand director of sales recruitment to build his team of financial sales representatives we all know Northwestern Mutual is the life insurance company, right? So this is really where I learned I could sell. This was a tough sell. I was recruiting financial sales reps that were pretty much working straight commission, right? Selling life insurance, which, of course, you know, creates a, a, a stereotype, right? And so I was passionate about it, right? And it was a fantastic culture. I also learned critically through that experience that I was very much geared towards and and attracted to the sales aspect of recruiting, but the selection piece to it it wasn't so much, yeah, I, I wasn't so much feeling a fit with. So from there, that's after that, I launched into my first sales role with a pharmaceutical sales company. I tapped pharmaceutical. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we have a mutual friend there you may have forgotten, Walt Clammer. 
Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we played baseball oh, together in college so cool. and uh, yeah, he shared with me back then when you guys worked together and I'm like, wow, I haven't seen her in forever. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> it's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's, oh, the best. It's been, he's the best. It's been a long time, but uh, I was grateful to have him as a colleague and, and yeah, that was excellent for just a first role, a true sales role, excellent training. It was a great foundation, right? But ultimately, I eventually, I just got bored because your your relationships, your your accounts are are delegated to you, right? And for me, the, the aspect of sales, it's truly business development that I am the most inclined towards because I get so much enjoyment and engaged in building and cultivating new relationships. So, yeah. And I know you do. And that was actually one of my things I want to talk to you about later, just just the cultivation of relationships and how to maintain them and how important that is. And I think in any any business, but specifically in your role. Absolutely. Good stuff. And yeah, TAP, I've heard plenty of stories about TAP and uh, good, <laughs> good, good, good companies coming from, good company coming from Walt. And then it, it looked like, did you try to do your own thing? Expert resource connection? What's, what's that? I sure did. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, again, great mm-hmm. experience with TAP. But I, at that point in my life, I was, I think, late 20s. I had all the ambition in the world. I had very little liability. And I, I also had a woman that I considered really a mentor as part of my network who had her own business. She was a consultant. She worked with a lot of organizations around public speaking and communication skills. And she really inspired me to launch my own company. So I created Expert Resource Connection, which was a very unique business model. And essentially, I contracted with independent business consultants like my mentor. Mm-hmm. And I acted as an extended sales arm of their business. Okay. And I would take a percentage of any business that I tran- help facilitate, transacted for them. So through that, I got exposed to a variety of industries. I also, again, really reinforce that I have the drive and and the hustle. I'm just wired that way, right? That a lot of salespeople, that's something pretty critical to have. So, And that is how I ended up, believe it or not, with P. Agnes. I gained P. Agnes as a client. Yeah. Interesting. So the the company was doing well that I created this business model. I had about seven or eight consultants at one time that I was developing business for. And as much as it was, again, you know, successful in generating revenue, I was lonely. I was working out of my home office. Yeah, it's not easy. (laughs) It's just not me. Mm -hmm. I I like, Yeah. I need need this. Mm -hmm. I I love the the energy of being around people and the collaboration. So... So I had gained uh, P. Agnes as, as a client for mm-hmm. one of my consultants at that time. And, you know, Pat Pascarello, the CEO, right? Okay. Yep. We, uh, I just hit it off right away. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just really his energy just really was inspired by how he created this company. And a lot of their business was word of mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. And they didn't have anybody dedicated to sales or marketing in-house at that time. And as I was going through, you know, this phase of thinking through what I want to do, I saw an opportunity and I took advantage of it. I pitched Pat on hiring me. That was 2005 and 
many years later, you know, I helped them grow from probably 50 million at the time to a little over 200 million over my career there. Now, when they took you on full time, were you basically doing the same thing you, you were doing as the consultant for them? Like as the, the expert resource connection? I was the facilitator. I was the, the sales arm of the consultants that I hired. So how Pat and I engaged was I had my consultant, Kirsten, who worked on communications and presentation skills training. Uh, I helped facilitate, qualified the business for Kirsten, introduced Pat. They developed a relationship. And I, of course, I was that conduit. So through that, I developed that relationship with Pat. Any services that were hired from what you, from your introductions and. and Correct. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. Like I said, unique business model. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is. Very interesting. So you were at Piagnus for over seven years and you were the director of sales and marketing there. I had a question I was going to ask you, but I'm going to ask you right now. Talk about the difference between sales and marketing, because I think a lot of people confuse the two. They do. Yeah. Yes. And. They're quite different, quite different, right? Very different skill sets. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, at that time, I was taking on because there there was a true gap for P. Agnes, right? They needed help in branding and marketing. But my, my two true strengths and skill set is geared towards sales and business development. Marketing is very much the creative side right? It's the branding. It's the yeah. website. It's the everything. The message. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, sales, business development, that's cultivating relationships. That's growing revenue, right? That's very, it's very client facing. It's very person to person. And a lot of marketing folks would prefer to be behind the scenes, you know, very simply said, that's no, I love the explanation. And then you moved on to Aegis Property Group. Aegis, Aegis rather, Property Group. You're taking every step, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And what made you take that leap to the consultant side? You're director of business development is what you were doing. I'm curious to know what made you move on from construction, from the builder side. Sure. You know, to be honest, it sounds a little cliche, but have you mm -hmm. heard of the seven-year itch? Yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I I was I was doing well, mm -hmm. but I felt a little stagnant, and yeah. I I something still new. do something. Yeah, new. I was open to something new, right? Sure. I get I, it. I always want to keep growing, and yes, the owners' rep side, project management, had always been just intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. So, again, relationships. My entire career except for one step, which we'll speak to, my entire career, every transition has been around relationships that yeah. I've cultivated, right? Mm -hmm. And this one as well. Um, I, one of the principals at Aegis and I were very friendly and I cultivated a lot of just good conversation and, and work for mm -hmm. Piagnus in that aspect. So, we just one day we got to talking again. They didn't have anybody in a dedicated sales role at Aegis at the time. So I made the leap, similar as I did to P. Agnes with, okay, now I got to learn another aspect of our field here, right? Mm -hmm. And no regrets. 
it was my first exposure, right, and experience on the owner's rep consultant side and developed a true appreciation and respect for for that side of the business and, yeah. and what they do. It just wasn't the best culture fit at that time. I, they were very, very much doer sellers, right? Mm-hmm. So the adjustment to having somebody in a, in a 100% dedicated sales role, I think, was not a shift that the entire organization was really able to navigate very well. So, and Pat and I stayed in touch, right? And so um, you'll see, of course, you know, I, I went back to P. Agnes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was uh, incredibly grateful that Pat and I, and we still do have an excellent relationship and stay in touch. But at that time, you know, we talked about how I can grow more in my role if I return to PMS and take on more responsibility. So that's that's exactly what happened. I returned in a promoted role on the executive team and supporting broader strategic initiatives across the company. And you had Associate Vice President Strategic Development title, and you were there for almost another four years. And uh, yeah, more you know, another opportunity to to learn more things is which what you were after. And then you decide to go back to the owner's rep side again with Watchdog Real Estate Project Management as a managing director, which you're moving up in roles and title, which is which is excellent. Talk a little bit about Watchdog. So we're about to dive into a very pivotal chapter in my career. Just tremendous, you know, from a growth standpoint for me. Um, obviously, yes, I, I assumed a position of elevated responsibility and, and visibility, right? Um, but I also moved my life across the country <laughs> to Los Angeles. Oh, watched Watchdog in LA? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you didn't realize that? I, so, I did yeah, not um, know that. I, I know your next one was LA. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, of course, Watchdog is known in the Philadelphia market and um, the leadership and I had a good relationship. and. Again, through P. Agnes, I just honestly, Nick, I got to a point in my life personally and professionally, I needed a real big, big change. Big change. I knew where really you were going. Really big life change, right? <laughs> I was single at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a little dog with me. I lived in the city. I mean, life was good, but I, I really, again, I just needed a big change. And so Dave Heckler and I got to talking and did Steve Fien as well. And uh, I learned just through conversation that they were expanding pretty rapidly nationally and particularly on the West Coast and in the L.A. market. And they were wanting to open an office there. They just didn't have anybody on their team jumping up and down to move across the country. And at that time, I thought, you know, I've run my own business before. I've always wanted to be around palm trees in L.A. and the weather. I'm sick of the Philly winters. So... I didn't have anything holding me back and I knew I was going to work harder than I ever have in my life. And I did, but I, uh, it was quite successful over a couple of years, not knowing a soul in LA. I had one project manager step up him and his girlfriend to relocate with me. I joined the team at watchdog, developed a business plan, really laid the foundation before I relocated there beginning of 2018 and I've hustled harder than I ever have in my life. Cold calling, 
leveraging relationships with consultants and the AE community, you know, everything you name it. Whatever you had to. Yeah. Whatever I had to do to to get it done and had the time of my life doing it. I truly did. I was pushed more than I ever have been in, in my life. You know, there were moments that honestly felt really lonely. I remember cold calling in my little apartment in LA. And mm-hmm. I got to make this happen. You know, everyone's believing in me. And again, a, a tremendous amount of growth in that time. And uh, I built a team. So I was managing people. There was that aspect that was you know, relatively new to me. But Watchdog, I have nothing but the utmost respect for. It was a fantastic chapter of my career. And ultimately, you saw MGAC, right? Yeah, correct. On my resume. The departure from Watchdog really just came down to, unfortunately, very unfortunately, we couldn't get aligned on some decisions related to business operations that I felt really passionate about that were critical to how I was managing and growing the team and business in LA. Got it. So I felt somewhat stuck. And MGAC is another owner's rep firm headquartered in DC. Pursued me, the president pursued me pretty hard to come on board and do what I did for Watchdog for his LA office. And this was summer 2019. Mm -hmm. And another huge growth point in my life, Nick. Sadly, I entered into what was the most uncomfortable chapter of my career when I joined this firm. And, you know, I want to be careful what I say. They're an excellent company, but it really, I know you want me to, you know, impart some things on your list, listeners through my experience. And one of the biggest things that I feel strongly about through this experience, I learned how important it is to ensure there's cultural alignment and your core values align with the organization and the team that you are going to align with, right? And it just wasn't a fit for me. You know, again, learned a lot and everything happens for a reason and uh, about to get to how I get to the Midwest at the same time that I had started this position, Jason and I met. So Jason is from Indianapolis He's a broker and his clients at the time were on the West Coast in LA. And that's how we met. He was in LA doing business. And we started doing the long distance relationship thing. Mm-hmm. He has two daughters and he has part time every other weekend. So I knew this going into our relationship as we started dating. And then boom, March 2020 hits, right? And here I am in LA as the world's falling apart by myself. And he's in Indy. And obviously with his two girls, it's not feasible for him to come to LA. So I flew to Indy for what I thought would be a few weeks and pretty much never left. (laughs) Pretty much just worked all of 2020 in Indy remotely out of our little kitchen. Capably, thankfully, right? and. Again, just another life-changing year. Realized that I found my partner, became a stepmom, which completely changed my life, right? Yeah, so. And then that leads to Gilbane. Gil Correct. Did, now, did yes. was it relationships you had in Philly to so, get the opportunity for Chicago? Talk, talk about that a Absolutely. little bit. 
Absolutely. And, and which ties to another thing I, I would, you know, really impress upon your, your listeners, just the value of your network. Yes. I, I would not be here today on many levels without the network that I've cultivated and how much I've valued and supported them as they have me, right? So... And before you get into Gobain, I, I want to stay right there with that network because that's one of my items. I mean, if you want to compare how powerful networking is compared to a college degree, how would you rate the two in terms of, mm -hmm. I just think my listeners, the young listeners who are trying to figure things out, is college important? You know, for today, is it a necessity? I'd love to just get some feedback from you on that. I can actually give you a real life example to me, demonstrating the power of and the importance of your network over a college degree. I'll never say a college degree isn't important or irrelevant, right? Yeah, sure. I would not. Particularly depending on where you go, but mm -hmm. is it critical to success in your career and happiness? Absolutely not. Jason, my partner, dropped out of college for various reasons. Just wasn't a fit. He's also one of the most brilliant people I know. And he's run his own business for many years. And here we are in Chicago. We'll you know, speak to the Chicago journey, but he, through the power of networking, he's now just started with a company he's ex really, really excited to be a part of. Again, no degree and I, I kept advising him, like, don't go through recruiters, you know, because they just see black and white. They see paper. You, you got to work with your network. And there we go. Great share. Love yeah, it. Of course. So Gobain in Chicago, you've been, you're going on two years there. And I want to go back to a article that Gilbane promoted you on about a month ago. And a little bit about what you touched on about your unconventional path to construction, which which we just went through, right? And about how culture and transparent communication is a priority for you from an employer. You know, talk about that and the extreme excitement that you have for being a part of the Gilbane team. Happy to. So there's just a, a little little chapter in, in between there, I'll just speak to briefly. You know, I, I mentioned that I, I made the move here through a pandemic love story that developed, right? So Jason's girls are in Indy. We have a home there in Indianapolis. And when I moved here, I moved in the beginning of 2021 to Indy and tried to network and find my career move there. Indy is a great place. I was not finding that career move there right? Based on where I was coming from. So we started looking to Chicago. And by chance, I actually saw the position that I have now on LinkedIn. However, recalled Sean Carlin, who I worked with for many years, was my career at P. Agnes. He is now the head of Gilbane's Philadelphia office. So he was my very first phone call. And I could hear the passion in his voice. It's like, Jess, you absolutely love it here. You got to talk to, you know, so-and-so. And, -so. and he, so he connected me with the leadership of the company. And I'll tell you, Nick, it was quite a vetting process on both sides. Between me vetting Gilbane out and this team that I'm working with here and them vetting me out. And again, I 
that is, you know, I, I really had learned that how important that is and how to vet a company out properly through my prior experience, right? Positive and negative. So the first thing I was looking for, first and foremost, culture, right? Is there cultural alignment? Uh, so I, again, I couldn't be, as you saw, and I mean, what, what kind of company they put out this amazing story about yeah, me? Like, it it was a great one. Yeah. So I was, I was very <laughs> humbled, but you know, just everything I looked for, integrity, transparency, humility, just off the top of my head. And many companies, it's marketing fluff, right? And you really don't know a company's culture until you're in it. With Gilbane, again, still, it's always a risk. But from what I could see, the tenure of the people here was exceptional, right? The people I was exposed to, the conversations, just genuine, authentic people. And then now being here, now being here almost two years, which I can't believe you just said, you see it. Our values are embodied in our actions day to day. And I'll give you an example. Caring is one of our core values. We have, at the beginning of every meeting that we facilitate, we have a Gilbane Cares moment. And Gilbane Cares is really tied to our company philosophy that everyone our employees, clients, colleagues deserves a healthy, safe, happy work environment. So we'll speak to something. It could be something very personal. It could be about, you know, safety on the roads. It could be tied to health. Again, just I find that, you know, it's exceptional that you really just have that kind of day-to-day true action and embodiment of values. Yeah, a lot of companies say they care, but do they really have the action behind it? How do they show it? Yeah. 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 No, excellent. So where do you think you're headed with Gilbane? Like, what, what are you most excited about? Wow, yeah, great question. So my focus currently, I'm on the leadership team here, and I'm dedicated to growing our business in the private sector. I focus on a couple of our core markets that Gilbane has deemed to be top growth markets. So that's industrial manufacturing, food and beverage, and life sciences. I've had a ton of fun building relationships and cultivating business in these markets. And in terms of looking ahead to the future, what I had epiphany about recently is that a lot of these relationships I'm cultivating with these organizations, they may be headquartered here in Chicago, where I'm tasked with growing our business, but they're more national, they're more international. So I'm connecting with other regions and supporting growth because they're, you know, a company, Mondelez, for example, has some work in Virginia, and I'm helping facilitate that because I'm managing this account relationship. So I see myself working more with the national account team and helping to grow our national account base. It's tended to be a natural fit for me and a lot of fun. That's, yeah, just high level. (laughs) Good stuff. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. 
check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. What you like to do outside of work, obviously you're passionate with work, but, but hobbies and what do you like to do when you leave the office? Huh. So, <laughs> or what do you want to do more of? <laughs> what have we learned these last couple of years, right? <laughs> right. Truly. There are never enough hours in the day, right? And Gilbane is a, you touched on it, $7 billion organization. And this role demands a lot. That said, I'm, I, I've never been more engaged and happier, but a lot of days I'm really exhausted. So Jason and I have started doing yoga three days a week, which has been fantastic. Very passionate about that. Also, we both are big dog lovers. So on the weekends, we volunteer at One Tail at a Time, this amazing organization that helps dogs and other animals get adopted. And we actually did just adopt a Wheaton Terrier Husky puppy who's been amazing. So he takes up a lot of our time too. Yeah, apart from that, I'm also, I am the Midwest Pride Employee Resource Group leader here for Gilbane. Um, that's just personally been a a group, a community I've been passionate to support over the years because I, I have a lot of friends that have become family and have impacted my life in significant ways. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing. And I want to say I really love that sign behind you too. I have a, I have a t-shirt oh, that says the you. same thing. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely, Humble hustle. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, definitely, you know, just, again, aligned with how I'm wired and my values. So thanks for noticing. Yeah. So if a young young woman, young man is, is not sure what they want to do, uh, they don't know if college is for them, maybe construction is for them, maybe it's not, what would you recommend them do to find what, you know, their, their passion may be? Honestly, I, you know, I've, I've been giving this some thought, build your network, talk to as many people as possible, right? Ask a lot of questions. In, in fact, there's a lovely young woman that just joined Gilbane here a few months ago who saw that announcement that they put out about me online. She's a psych major. She has to sit down and wanted to ask me this, you know, the same thing. And I gave her the same advice because she's trying to figure out what to do and what to be. And that's, again, can't impress enough like how important the value of building your network is and in a meaningful way, right? And how they can help. Totally. And, you know, just because you got a degree in something doesn't mean that you have to continue to fall through with that. Like you're allowed to change your mind, right? Your heart can change. Your mind can change. Follow that. Don't feel like you have to fall back on that degree. I see that too often. And construction is a great alternative, as we both know. We know many passionate tradesmen, passionate management, and, and executive level people that, that love what they do. I mean, I, I've loved it since, since your father hired me since 96, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great field. And that's also what this podcast is about to share to share the construction side of the business world, which we both love. Absolutely. 
And and you said it, you know, lastly, I'll just add, trust your gut. Trust your gut instincts, right? Um, I've again, learned that the hard way sometimes, but so important. Just being be authentic. So how can someone get in contact with you? You want to share your your company, social media, website, you know, contact information? Happy to. Well, please, please, LinkedIn. I am always, you know, I'm on LinkedIn every every day and night. So that's easy. You can find me there. Other than that, you know, if, if your listeners really want to connect, you can feel email me as well. I'm happy to share that. So it's jslack1 at gilbaneco.com. Other social media, I'm not really, you know, like Facebook and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Stick with LinkedIn. <laughs> but Gilbane's on all of them, I see, right? LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, yes. Instagram. They're, they're, they, they're on every one, it appears. Yes, our, our marketing team is really on it when it comes to branding Gilbane. For a $7 billion company, I'm sure they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I want to say I appreciate you and thank you for 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 coming on and uh, reconnecting. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. Had a blast. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, and thanks for sharing your your awesome journey. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, and I'll see you Go on birds. LinkedIn. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.